Tim, this is New York Giants Straight Talk, powered by Online Big Blue LLC. We got a lot to talk about today. Starting off this new year, we want to talk about the New York Football Giants and Brian Dable. We want to talk about the Rams game a little bit. We want to talk about maybe some expectations going into 2024. We want to talk about has the shine or the luster come off Brian Dable? Has he used up all his 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 cachet of of just just of goodwill? with the New York Giants fans after this season because there's some things he's doing right now that just you, you kind of scratch your head, not only on the field, not only with play calling or lack thereof play calling or not in time management with the timeouts, um, reference to injury and managing injuries and, and keeping players in the game probably when they shouldn't be in the game, when it's a useless game. And yes, every game you try to win, but at the end of the day, you also need these players going into 2024. I wanted to do a little PSA for today because um, the kinder, gentler Tim, he's he's been put back in the box. Because I've decided this year in 2024 that I'm just going to say whatever the hell I want. Good, bad, or indifferent. So I got a moron named Minor Pat Sports. Some people call him Big Pat Sports. And I posted something about having Justin Fields as the giant quarterback because I think he's a lot better than Daniel Jones. So this little neophyte comes out and says, oh, another black quarterback. You're trying to pander the giant fans because you know that's what they want, huh? Malik Willis, Hendon Hooker, Caleb Williams, Justin Fields. You got a track record, homeboy, and they can't see it, but I do. Keep it up. I don't think you'll ever know. they'll ever notice what you're doing. You're an idiot. And I'm going to say this with all sincerity, Big Pat. You are an idiot. You are a coward. If you want to say something to me, say it to my face. Come on the show and say it to me because you'll actually get some views and some viewers. But for the fact that you think I'm pandering to someone because of the fact that I want a quarterback that's better than Daniel Jones, and those quarterbacks you mentioned happen to be black and better than Daniel Jones, one is going to be probably the number one overall pick. One of them was going to be a Heisman winner and a high draft pick till he got hurt. Malik Willis went into a bad situation in Tennessee against a coach that doesn't like him. And Justin Fields is just a good quarterback who's better than Daniel Jones. Hey, Pat, shockingly, as this may seem, I've said this before a million times. I don't care if my quarterback's from Pluto. I don't care if he's purple wearing Lee press on nails. I want to win. And if you're the only one that's out there seeing race, because that's what you want to see, because you're going to, but the people say, well, he's African-American. Well, you can still be a race baiter. Sorry. You want me to say it? That's the way I'm going to say it. I don't care about the color of anyone's skin. I care about what they do on the football field. So if these other quarterbacks that you mentioned happen to be better than Daniel Jones and they're black, so be it. Why don't you grow up? How about that? Grow up a little bit because that's what you need to do. Come into the 21st century and just, just like I said, Clint Eastwood, don't, don't, don't go away, man. Just... Just go away. And that's kind of the way we're going to kind of chime into with Brian Dable. Brian Dable, the gunslinger. Brian Dable coming in, came in last year with, uh, you know, he was the guy for Shane. He, he was Shane's he was Shane's pick. We were all worried that they were going to go a different direction and Shane wasn't going to get his guy. Well, Shane got his guy, and we know what happened in 9-7-1. We all know what happened after 6-2 start. We know what happened, of course, in Minnesota. We also know what happened, of course, in Philadelphia. But at the end of the day, you have to look at this and you have to say, is Brian Dable starting to, to, to crack a little? And we talked about it. We talked about it the other day, but I noticed this a little bit more again on Sunday. So I like watching the sidelines. 
and I and I like seeing things and, and maybe seeing things that other people don't see because of the fact that it it just it, it, you know sometimes you're just not looking for it. And the first thing I noticed with uh, Brian Dable is him going after a little bit of Jalen Hyatt when Jalen Hyatt came up short on that fourth and one. Now Jalen Hyatt, of course, is the rookie. He hasn't played up to expectations. I thought he was going to do a lot better, but at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. He's still learning. He hasn't had an, you haven't had him out there enough and given him enough stat, uh, snaps to give him the proper education and reference to being an NFL football player. And when he makes a mistake on the field, you kind of go after him a little bit. I can understand you going after your $160 million quarterback. I didn't agree with you flipping the iPad on him, but I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't, it didn't really bother me, but because it's different because he is your $160 million quarterback. He's your face of the franchise. And when he does something idiotic and costs you the game, yeah, you, you have a right to get mad at him. But this isn't the first time we've seen Dable go after certain players. And, and I find it interesting that you go after a rookie who's still, he's still learning in the NFL. He's, he's still, you know, he's still, he's still getting his chops underneath the, underneath him. Yeah. He makes a mistake, but then you go after him. When you went after Tyrod Taylor on the sideline after that one play in Buffalo, I understood it. I didn't agree with it, but I understood it. I probably it would have been better probably if you waited to the locker room to do it. Kind of the same issue we had with Wink a couple weeks back when him and Wink were going after it on the sideline a little bit. And then they continued the conversation going into the locker room. They seem to continue the conversation going into the third corner. Once something goes in the locker room, you're supposed to squash it there. You're not supposed to bring it out with you back on the field. That's what a good head coach does. You, you don't bring it back out in the field with you. But in that game, he was still, him and Wink were still jawing back and forth about it. And I look at this sometimes and I get confused because this is the guy that could do no wrong for those eight games, those six and two, those games that, you know, he could do no wrong. He called all the right plays. And, and this is a guy now you get perplexed at times when you look at it and just say, okay, listen, I understand he went for the two point conversion. I understand he was going for the win. I understand he was being a little bit of riverboat Ron, but they also go with the old saying, you never leave. You never take points off the board. You never leave points on the board because of the fact that you could have kicked the, you had a better opportunity to kick in that field goal than you did of getting, converting that two point conversion. Even though, even though you got the penalty and got closer. And again, I don't fault him for that because it was a good play. It was just bad execution by Tyrod and Saquon Barkley. And at the end of the day, you know, he, he was going for the win, but, but then he's confusing at times because then at certain times you think he'll go for it for like fourth and one, he'll punt. And it's like, where's that gambler? Where's the gambler we saw not too long ago? Where, where's what happened to that guy? What happened to the guy that was just that you, you, you knew he would, he would do something. He would try something. He would be different. But sometimes that, that kind of just goes into the box. You know, he was the cowboy. He was the renegade. He, 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 was, he was that gunslinger out on the prairie. It's Clint Eastwood. Oh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But that's what we've had this, this whole season. We've had the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the way he manages injuries, it, it just kind of also perplexes me. You had Andrew Thomas in a blowout in Dallas for no reason to be there. You left Daniel Jones in multitudes of games. And I'm not a big fan of Daniel Jones, but you left him in multitudes of games. You should have taken your starting quarterback out. 
Then when he does get injured, I think personally you brought him back too early in Las in Las Vegas. And he go and I don't think one I don't think one has to do with the other. His I don't think his neck has to do with his ACL. But I do think you brought him back too early. You now got Evan Neal going out with surgery for a sur- you know, having the surgery. You know, what happened to Phillips also? Phillips has evidently been playing with a bad leg or bad knee for the last couple of games, and you're still trotting him out there. And I've said this before. You know, we talked about it, you know, back in Pop Warner, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Being hurt means you can't hurt your injury. You, if, you if you have a pain, it means you can't hurt it any worse. There, you, you, won't, you won't compound the injury. Being injured means there is a chance that if you play on it, you will injure it great. You would, you would injure it even more or greatly or greater. Can't even talk today. It was a, it was a long, <laughs> it was a long ten days. It's it's good to get back in the swing, and I and I'm ex, and I'm excited to be here for 2024. But what I don't get is is he not listening to his medical staff? Is is his medical staff giving him bad advice? We kind of saw this a little bit with Joe Shane and references is, is was the staff giving him bad advice instead of, instead of rolling him out there. But like I said, the, the shine, the luster, I, I, I just, um, I'm the, first of all, I'm not saying you're going to fire Brian Dable. I'm not, I'm not saying that whatsoever. That would, that would literally be crazy to think you're going to fire Brian Dable. I do think there would be an opportunity that Brian, if something happened in Buffalo and Brian Dable had the opportunity to go back to the bills, I think he would try to get, talk to Shane about moving on to the Buffalo and maybe doing a little trade for him going, going, heading out that way back to the bills, but he's going to be back in next year. He does. He's earned the right to be back here next year, but it's, he's, I just want to say it, it. It just seems at times, especially this year, he's been out coached. He's been outmatched. And I don't know if it's because of the fact that he's not tr- fully trusting his offensive and defensive coordinator. I wouldn't trust Kafka to save my life. I'm still shocked that Kafka hasn't been fired yet. But this whole thing also that he seems to have with Dable, I'm excuse me, what the, Dable seems to have with Wink. It's just a little perplexing because Wink is not the head coach. Wink, Wink does have a larger resume in the NFL than Dable. But I still think, you know, you know, of course, you always you always file, file the hierarchy, you always file the chain of command. And Dable, of course, is the head coach. So I don't think there should be any animosity between Dable and Wink unless Wink was forced upon Dable. We don't know. I can't tell you. I can't tell you if he was or he wasn't. But just like the game on Sunday, there was a lot of good. There was a lot of bad. and There was a lot of ugly. Everyone wants to talk about how great Dane Belton was, but nobody wants to talk about the Dane Belton basically gave up three touchdowns. <laughs> Look at the thumbnail. Who is the guy trailing on that thumbnail for the touchdown? Who, who is that? Who is that guy? Oh yeah. It's Dane Belton. He also gave up on that big. He also gave up a couple big, big pass plays. I give him hundred percent credit for the interceptions and the fumble recovery. Cause, but the two interceptions, he was just in the right place at the right time. And it was b- both bad throws by Matthew Stadford. But you know what? You have to take advantage of the opportunities when they come your way. But people are going crazy. Going, we should have started Dane Belton the entire season. Dane Belton got benched last year. Dane Belton couldn't crack the field this year unless it was vis-a-vis injury. Dane Belton had one game. We've talked about this before. One game is a microcosm in time. It's a snapshot in time. It is, it is, not, it is, it is not a career. You have to do that consistently. And Dane Belton does so many boneheaded things on the, play, on the field that when he does finally get an interception or a fumble, you scratch your head like, oh my God, how the hell did that happen? 
And then you look at the quarterback play with Tyrod Taylor. It was up. It was down. It was all around. But the guy still threw for over 300 yards or 50 yards rushing. You know, he he did give the, he did he did put his team in an advantage to win the game, and you know, just it just didn't work out. I didn't really understand the clock management at the end of the game either, with spiking the ball and not spiking the ball. I mean, you, I mean, I'm not going to rehash the loss, but like I said, there's just a lot of things that that Dable does right now that you just have to question. You've got to scratch your head. And I wonder, has he lost his touch a little bit? I don't think he's lost the locker room because you know because team is the team is playing hard, but a lot of times the team doesn't play for the head coach. A lot of times the team plays for their coordinators. So really, the defense is the one that stepped up all season. I think they're playing for Wink. I don't think it's like an '85 Bears Buddy Ryan versus Mike Ditka thing. You know that was the first Super Bowl that both the offensive coordinator, excuse me, the defensive coordinator and the head coach were carried off the field. I don't think Ditka liked that too much. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's that much animosity. But there's just a, there's just something going on right now in Giant Land. We got to kind of figure it out. We have a live stream today as well to talk about a lot of stuff. Also, we're going to be at the game on Sunday. I'm going to go with Big L Gigante, so make sure if you're there, you stop by and say hello. The game has been flexed to 430 because the Eagles are going to need this game to get home field advantage for the playoffs. So make sure we, we're going to talk all about that this weekend. As always, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to ring that bell because you want to know why. That'd be awesome.